Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Editor's Desk here on Biz News Radio. I'm Felicity Duncan. With me is Alec Hug. Well, Alec, you're back in South Africa. You're getting settled in and you have picked a very interesting week to return home. We've got the election coming up on Wednesday and it really is all that anybody's talking about right now. It is indeed. Uh, one of the things that is nice about being home is you do start understanding the stuff that you take for granted when you live in a place day to day um, is actually quite a privilege, like this amazing weather. We talk a lot about it when we in other parts of the world. Um, the South, Joburg in particular has got incredible weather. But the, 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 the climate on the whole election is very hot at the moment. It's uh, you you bump into people, everybody's got an opinion, everybody tells you why they're going to vote for this one or that one. And of course, we've got our poll, we've called it the late final poll, that we put up on the site today, a survey. Uh, the last time we did a survey was a month ago. So we, we thought what we would do is we'd do a survey a month ago, finding out what the business community felt about the election. And then just before the election, which uh, was exactly a month later, uh, we had, we've opened the second one. And you know, Felicity, we've had almost 2,000 people who've gone in and filled in the form in the first two hours this morning. It's extraordinary how, uh, engaged the business community is about this election. The results seem to be very similar to the last one. Uh, tactical votes in a large degree. Uh, there's, there's an, a surprising amount of support for the capitalist party. Um, in the first time round, it was around 20% of our community wanted to, said they would vote for them. This time it's a little lower, um, but not that much lower. They haven't fallen off the radar. So it seems some people, certainly from where, where uh, those we serve, uh, are thinking that th- these bright young folk going into parliament will be a good thing. By far the majority of our audience are DA supporters, um, and in particular when it comes to the provincial area where they're nearly 90% uh, going to be voting for the DA. Of course, Biz News is a different community. It's people who think about their money. It's a, um, a, a perhaps a better informed community when it comes to uh, economic and financial issues, and that would be swaying them rather than what's happening uh, at a social level. And remember, most of the people who read business are employed. And uh, when we've got 35% uh, of South Africans unemployed, we can't say by any stretch of the imagination that what we're going to be seeing in this election uh, from our survey is is going to be reflective of the country as a whole. So we're giving one little uh, flash uh, point or one little point in time of uh, from a part of the community, but it, it, it is going to be interesting. You, however, have been looking at it uh, certainly from the emails last week when we were busy unpacking boxes and getting on planes and fetching dogs, um, uh, uh, looking at things maybe from a different perspective. Yeah, so I've been going through the national polls. So there's been uh, quite a few of them. Um, the Institute of Race Relations did one. Um, Ipsos has done a, a couple of polls, actually, you know, over the last few months. And I was just taking a look at these. Now, obviously, polls, you know, you've just correctly identified a weakness in the business poll, which is that it's a very specific community. Uh, but even nationally representative polls are subject to a degree of uncertainty, right? And in some of the polls, it can be quite high. So, for example, in I think it was the IRR poll, uh, their Gauteng results were, uh, they had a 6% margin of error, which means they could be wrong in either direction by 6%, which is a lot. Um, so, you know, these polls always, you have to 
uh, take with a grain of salt. The point estimates that you get are never certain, right? They're a best guess. Okay, so just, you know, we've got to think about polls as not sort of a capital T truth, but as an indicator. Now, one of the things that I think was most interesting is that consistently, all of the polls that I looked at showed uh, very clearly two things. First of all, they showed the ANC losing vote share, right? So the ANC polling lower in this election than it did in the one before, and it was lower in that election than the one before, right? They've been steadily losing vote share. They still look like they're going to be about 60%, but it's less than it used to be. Uh, the second interesting thing is the growth in the EFF. Now, again, it depends on which poll you're looking at, but it looks like the EFF is almost set to double um, what it got in the 2014 election. So going from about 6%, 6 to 7%, to about somewhere between the 10 to 15% range, depending on which poll you're looking at. So that's a really big shift. And it seems to suggest a lot of ANC voters are either not voting or heading to the EFF. So what that means is if the ANC doesn't get things right in this election, they are facing a real serious problem, right? If they stay on this trend, they're going to be continue to shed voters who will be picked up by the EFF, especially the disillusioned and unemployed. And that means that down the line, the ANC is going to have to build a coalition government because that's how South Africa forms its governments. And once you have a, a coalition government that really changes politics for the country, because you're no longer looking at one leading party, you're looking at a much more negotiated, uh, compromised version of policy. So this election is just absolutely essential, I think, for the ANC. This is a, the opportunity for them to turn around what has been a falling vote share over the last about 10 years. Mm. It's fascinating the way that you unpack it. it. It's fascinating the way that you unpack it there because there is a, um, a sense that many people who would have voted for the ANC because of the need to have a strong government from an economic perspective are not doing so this time. And the reason they're not doing so this time is because those lists contain some very uh, compromised names. Uh, so what a vote for the ANC, although it is a vote for Ramaphosa, and I'm sure that uh, many DA voters would uh, be supportive of Ramaphosa in the way that he's planning to take the country into the future, uh, and they might well have, have given him their support. But what will block them and what will stop them are those lists. On the list, you've got Mokonyani, uh, who, was, who was outed uh, in the uh, Bosasa, uh, the whole Bosasa scandal. You've got David Malobo, who is about as corrupt as you could hope for, and all the evidence is there, but they're still on the ANC list. So any rational person voting their conscience looks at this and has to be saying to themselves, hang on a minute, am I really going to be uh, voting for Ramaphosa by doing this, or am I going to be voting also for these miscreants? So my, my sense of the whole thing, is that the ANC, I agree with you, is, is, is all, the, all the indications are that it will have a majority. But then comes the test, because in five years' time, will it be able to pull in the national vote almost, people from all sides of the spectrum, not just the loyalists, who will then be able to say, this is the party of Mandela, this is the party that I would support uh, the best for the country into the future, and that's going to be how does how does the great transition within the ANC occur? Is it going to occur internally, which is the way that will have the least disruption, where they can get rid of the bad eggs, or is it going to require a split? So 
politics is fascinating. The, 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 the frustration for people who come from our background of, in the business community, where facts really are, uh, easy to see and they're numerical and, and sure people can play with numbers, but if you look at the numbers long and hard enough, you can discern what the facts are. Uh, but the, the reality of, of this for us is that the economy is in a developing country is based on what happens in the political environment. And the political environment in South Africa is extremely fluid at the moment. We, I'm excited about everything. I'm excited that it's a democracy, that you can have a, a freedom of, of press. You have everybody's allowed to express their own opinions. We have this young, vibrant uh, political environment where, sure, some of the young people are not coming out to vote, but most of the population is extremely engaged in what's going on and is likely to punish the ANC to a degree for the corruption that happened in the past, giving, however, that last card to Ramaphosa to say, OK, now fix it, or they'll really get a hiding in the next election. It's interesting to see how the whole thing is developing. Absolutely. And you're right. You know, the ANC has always been a big tent, right? Um, a big tent party being a party that takes people from a lot of different sections of society and uh, brings them together. And the ANC has managed to do that by, of course, being the party of liberation, having a long very deep history in South Africa um, and having, you know, some major political achievements. And as we go to this election, you're right, like this is this is the moment where the ANC decides what its future is going to look like, um, whether it's going to be a clean, functional uh, ruling party or going to be a servitor of special interests that gets punished in the polls. Mm, indeed. So it's a bit early. It's a bit early for us to it's a bit early for the ANC to lose power. But if they don't fix it this time, I'm almost uh, I, I would underwrite that the South African population won't give them another chance. So it's kind of lost. It's last chance saloon for Ramaphosa and Co. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think they'll they'll definitely I'm pretty sure they'll get the majority this time. But it's really setting up their future. I think that's right. Uh, now, somebody else who's looking to the future is Warren Buffett. I know that you paid some close attention to the Berkshire Hathaway annual general meeting this weekend. And uh, we really saw um, strong evidence of uh, Buffett's uh, succession planning. Yeah, this is a special weekend for me, Felicity. For many years, I would make the trek to Omaha. And then Warren had the brilliant idea, despite having resisted it for a long time, uh, of allowing Yahoo Finance to uh, broadcast to stream the event, and that has uh, ensured that people like me uh, can cover it much better by just being in front of the computer. The problem when you were in that uh, arena, and it's a big, it's a huge baseball uh, arena stadium, um, enclosed indoor, but the sound isn't that great. It, it's not made for acoustics. It's made for for uh, basketball. Sorry, not baseball. Um, so I'd be sitting up there in the skybox trying to catch every third word. Um, it really was poor uh, as far as the acoustics, of course, uh, when you're looking at it on a streaming, you get you get to hear everything. So first of all, it's a far better opportunity. But secondly, what we've done this year is I've gone, I've recorded the whole thing, but now I'm breaking it down into biteable chunks. So instead of having to listen for five hours to get to the interesting stuff, I've done that. So I'm going through biting, cutting little pieces on the fascinating areas that Buffett and Manka spoke about, some of the remembering that they answer questions for five hours, and those questions are all 
posed. They don't know what the questions are, so it's spontaneous answers, and that's really what makes this such a, an amazing occasion. Again, a record crowd, over 40,000 people in Omaha this weekend. But what came out this time round is that Warren, who's 88, and Charlie, who's 95, are now paying a lot more attention to succession planning. In the past, over, say, 10, 12 years ago when I was there, when people would ask about succession, they dismissed it. They they really did not pay much attention. This time they they, they were handing the quite a few questions to Ajit Jain and to Greg Abel, who are the two operational heads, and one of the two of them presumably will become the next uh, CEO of the company. But Warren Buffett is a very unusual person in that he's both the CEO of the 60-odd subsidiaries plus the head of investments. So on the one hand, for his operational side, he's got Ajit and Greg. On the uh, investment side, he's got Todd and Ted, uh, Todd Coombs and uh, Ted Wishler. Well, the other way around, whatever. Todd Wishler and Ted Coombs. Anyway, um, but what is interesting here was while he was happy to allow shareholders to engage and to expose the two operational heads, he was not prepared to allow Todd and Ted to answer questions. And in fact, he said they will they will remain uh, um, part of the Brains Trust within Berkshire and he's not going to expose them and they're not going to be telling uh, the world why they bought shares, individual shares. We are a collective, he said. I will, I will uh, talk to it. But uh, they will, uh, you know, they'll. it's almost like they're going to stay under the radar, which is probably what they prefer. And as investors, they probably prefer that. The big story, of course, coming out of that side was the investment into Amazon, given that Buffett has for years said that he does not invest in companies where he can't see what the future is going to be in the next five years. He needed almost a, 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 a way that he could work out what the profits are going to be for the next five years. Now, he's changed that a little by investing in Apple. Uh, but an investment in Amazon, which has got a unheard of uh, price to earnings ratio, um, is not something that you would expect from Berkshire Hathaway. He did explain that it was one of the two. He didn't say which one, but it was one of the two, Todd or Ted, who did the inv- who made the investment, and that they looked at it as a value proposition. But but he didn't go in and and uh, and justify why the Amazon bet was made. It's all very interesting. It's five amazing hours uh, for the capitalists or people who believe in a, in a, a capitalist system, a free enterprise system. And as Buffett says, I'm a card-carrying capitalist. But on the other hand, he also is very mindful that uh, it does need some support and some help and some moral undertone uh, to to make the whole system function. So it's it's not a he's not a blind capitalist, if you like. He is. Uh, he's, he understands that it's the best system that we have, and it's the one that's made America great. Um, but on the uh, on the other hand, it is also something that that you need to be aware of and cautious of. And the, the, one of the questions I loved was because remember Buffett is a Democrat, and he was asked, "What are you? How can you align with a party which where there are many candidates for the presidential election who are saying that capitalism doesn't work, and in fact, social, they, they are they're pretty socialistic." Um, certainly in an American sense. And he said he doesn't believe America will go socialist in the next, in 2020 or 2040 or 2060 or 2080. <laughs> because at the end of the day, it's come from 0% of, G- of global GDP in 1800 to 26%, 27% of G- global GDP today with only 5% of the population. And the, the reason for that is the, the most efficient system for distributing goods and services is the free enterprise system and he doesn't think that Americans will ever abandon that. 
But that's all we have time for. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to read a transcript of this interview, one is available on biznews.com up in the premium section. Remember, you can subscribe to premiums. It's five pounds a month, and that gives you full digital access to the Wall Street Journal, as well as full access to all our great content.